Hey, Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News for Thursday, April 22nd, 2021. Stand up for your country. Well, it's been an interesting news week. If you didn't see us yesterday, uh, and you are BillOReilly.com premium members, you can access that show. That was a very important program yesterday, and this one will be too. A lot of information that you should have that you should know. So I want to give you a heads up on that. We begin uh, with President Biden's schedule, as we usually do. So there was the big Earth Day um, conference uh, among uh, leaders of the free world uh, and China. (laughs) The free world and China. China's not free. Uh, And they all said, hey, we're going to cooperate on global warming. And that's uh, good. I'm glad. I'll get to Earth Day and the summit in a little while. And uh, then the president received a COVID briefing. That's, you know, so, I mean, the summit with the global warming, at least that was something, right? Uh, Mr. Biden usually doesn't do anything except make ridiculous statements that are harmful to every single American, even though millions of people don't understand how harmful it is. So I'm talking about after the verdict came in in the Floyd case in Minneapolis, the chief executive officer of the United States of America did something that no other president has ever done in the history of this republic. Joe Biden trashed his country. Roll a tape. It was a murder in the full light of day, and it ripped the blinders off for the whole world to see the systemic racism the vice president just referred to. There was systemic racism as a stain on our nation's soul, the knee on the neck of justice for black Americans, profound fear and trauma, the pain, the exhaustion that black and brown Americans experience every single day. Okay, so in that 30 second soundbite, the president of the United States alienated 80 percent of the country. And here's how he did it. Number one, there are 812,000 law enforcement agents in America right now. 812,000. That man just insulted every single one of them by saying that uh, policing is corrupt, that black and brown Americans live in fear of their lives. Now, if you're a law enforcement agent and you are trying to protect everybody, including minority Americans, How do you take that? How do you take it? The second uh, group that he insulted was every public servant in Congress, including himself. All right. So Congress, after all of these decades, has not been able to contain or stamp out, quote unquote, systemic racism. Now, in 1994, as you've heard in conservative media, uh, Joe Biden passed a very tough Um, crime law. And he made some negative references to African-American criminals. But now he's woke. All right. So Joe Biden is woke. He's evolved. And actually, the crime law in 94 was pretty good law. It brought crime across the country down drastically. And now, of course, crime is going up drastically. So he insulted law enforcement. He insulted politicians, elected people, and then he insulted you and me. I mean, I I don't live in a world of systemic racism. 
I know African-Americans. I employ African-Americans. My world isn't systemically racist in any way at all. How about your world? Do you go out and try to hurt minority people, African-Americans? Do you? I don't think so. I don't think you'd be watching and listening to me if you did, because I've condemned that all the time. I don't do it. So I don't want to be told by a guy who can barely get a sentence out of his mouth and who I sincerely believe does not know what he's saying. It's not an excuse. Certainly his wife knows what he's saying. And if he's incapacitated and he doesn't know, she should step up. But I don't want to be told by this guy that I'm contributing to systemic racism, that I'm a white supremacist, that I have white privilege. I don't want to hear that from him because it's a lie. And when a person lies to me, to my face, that's the end of that person. I have zero tolerance for that. Okay, so my question to President Biden, if I were interviewing him, which he would never, and told me face to face at a Washington Correspondents' Dinner, uh, I was talking to him, and I said, you know, Barack Obama, your boss, has interviewed three times with me. Can't you come in and sit? He goes, I would never interview with you, O'Reilly. And he laughed, implying that he couldn't do it, which is true. But if I were to interview him, my first question is, can you back up this systemic racism stuff? Do you have any stats to back it up? Because I have stats to back up that there is not systemic racism. And mainly, the stat is that in 2019, 12 unarmed black people were shot by police. And in 2020, the number was 18. Remember, there are more than 80,000 law enforcement agents. And in two years, we have 30 unarmed black people. And most of those people had another weapon or were trying to run over an officer in a car. They weren't just walking down the street. Okay, so I would ask with respect, can you back this up? Under President Trump, your predecessor, black incomes for working African-Americans rose faster than any other group. Okay, median incomes. So, you know, show me some data to back up what you're saying. He can't. He couldn't process the data even if he had it. Now, let me pause here. It sounds like I'm being too rough on Joe Biden. But this is serious business. When you get up there in front of the entire world and accuse your own country of being a racist state. Sounds like South Africa or something. That's what he did. Now, the media played it down, as it always did, and always going to protect Biden. But that's what he did. He condemned his own country. And I, Joe Biden, I'm going to solve this problem for you, which is just malarkey, as he would say. Biden's not going to solve any problem. He's incapable of that. He can't do it. All this is is a giant power play to convince minority groups in America that Biden is their savior and anyone who opposes Biden and the far left Democrats is a racist. That's what this is. It's a power play, a political power play. Okay, so um, when I'm listening to this uh, as a historian now, not as a uh, contemporary analyst, 
I'm saying to myself, Americans elected the most leftist president by far in the history of this republic. Now, it was a reaction to Donald Trump. There's no doubt about it. Biden didn't even campaign. That was a referendum on Trump. Yes or no. So now we have to suffer for another three and a half years, and we will suffer. We will suffer under an incompetent man who apparently has no regard for the legacy, traditions, and freedoms that the United States has. None. He's willing to besmirch that. And again, what he should have said is, system works. The officer who obviously demonstrated depraved indifference, can't argue with that, he did. In Minneapolis, he's going to prison. Doesn't bring back George Floyd, should have never happened. But when you have 80,000 law enforcement agents in intense life and death situations sometimes, it's going to happen. Now, the, the end game for the progressives who control Joe Biden, again, he's being controlled. Susan Rice, his top uh, domestic advisor, Ron Klain, his consigliere, all right, the guy he depends on for everything. These are very far left progressive people. And of course, as you know, Ms. Rice, very close friends with Barack and Michelle Obama. That's where Biden is getting his stuff, his statements from that crew. So I know I get a lot of mail about this. It's not Pelosi. It's not Schumer. It's not the party hacks. They don't have access to Biden. Very few people have access to him. He's isolated. All right. He barely has a schedule. Doesn't do anything all day long. They put stuff in front of him. He signs it. They put speeches in front of him. He says it. He's got an address to Congress last next week, next Wednesday. Somebody will write it. Maybe he'll read it. He has to read it on a teleprompter. They have to rehearse him. But does he have any input into it? No. How do I know that? Believe me. I know the structure that's in the White House right now. Okay, so... You can see that Joe Biden is a pawn. He's being manipulated. Now, what do the progressives want? They want a full takeover of the American system. They want to wipe the states out so the states would have no power. All the power would reside in Washington, D.C. And that means that the progressives would control the economy and bring it into socialism. They control policing. They control education to indoctrinate so that there would be a, no challenge to the progressive leadership down the road. They control how you defend yourself with guns. They control how much money you can have by taxation. All right. They control every facet of every American's life. That's what socialism is. I hope you all understand that. So two things are in play right now. The first one is um, the policing bill. There's a policing bill. It hasn't gotten a lot of media attention because the media knows 
the smarter of the media, not the cable news people, but the smarter. Um, they know what's going on. Now, the policing bill basically ties federal grant money into a progressive view of how you police an area. That means everybody's a body cam, so if anything goes wrong, we can embarrass or indict the cop. That means no protections for any police officer. Anybody can sue them. So a criminal busted for anything can turn around, get a sleazy lawyer, lawyer sues the cop. All right? That means here are the guidelines that progressives want. You follow that, local police chief, local sheriff, state police. And if you don't, we're not sending you any money. You're not getting any federal money. So that's the policing bill. It passed the House on a party vote. Okay? I don't think it'll even be voted upon in the Senate. McConnell will find a way not to bring it up. All right? But the progressives want control of American policing. The best and easiest way to do that is to demonize the police as saying, you're violent, you hate blacks, you're persecuting blacks, we got to wipe out all the policing, number one. Number two, control education, all right? So, oh, and I forgot one more thing on the policing. The goal of the progressive movement is to not incarcerate any criminal who isn't violent. So if somebody steals your car, don't put them in jail. Breaks into your house, takes your stuff, no jail time, okay? Somebody lays hands on you, rapes you, murders you, assaults you, then you have to. Every other crime, don't put them. Because it's not their fault. See, it's not their fault if they're poor and they want to steal. They can steal, shoplift, go ahead. Prostitution, fine. Have, sell heroin, nonviolent. Go ahead, sell that heroin. Do whatever you want. Destroy people, sell poison. We're not putting you in jail. We don't want you in jail. That's a progressive view of law enforcement. That's what they want. That's the goal. Now, education. So, President Biden is seeking to elevate critical race theory, CRT, okay, into every classroom in every public school in this country. And I'm going to quote you what the objective is, all right? Culturally responsive teaching and learning in the schools for projects that incorporate racially, ethnically, culturally, and linguistically diverse perspectives, all right? This is the guidance from the Department of Education in Washington. And they want the 1619 Project, that's the New York Times thing, where it says that our capitalistic system was built and maintained on slavery and now cheap labor, and that capitalists are evil. So if you do that, if your school district does it, you'll get some federal funding. If you don't, you won't. See? You see the pattern of what's happening? Now, Biden's on board with all of this. He never used to be on board with it. I think he was a senator for 37 years. He was one of the most conservative Democrats. He bad-mouthed black people all the time. He threw impediments into that, as you heard Kamala Harris say in the debates. He did. He was buddies with Robert Byrd, the senator from West Virginia, who was a Klan member. He and Biden were like that. But now he's woke. Now he's the hero. Okay? So what I'm telling you is 100% true and accurate. 
any of your friends or your liberal family members, or whatever, if they deny that, they're not speaking the truth. As I backed everything that I said up. This is what is happening. A progressive takeover of the entire government. Now, before you go out and, you know, bang your head against the wall, in 2022, I believe Republicans will take the House and the Senate, and that'll put an end to this temporarily, all right? Um, Virginia, the state of Virginia, um, has already implemented, already implemented um, this progressive view in education. So the director of the Virginia Education Department Office of Policy is a woman named Leslie Sale. She now is putting forth to the legislature in Richmond, there should be no difference in diplomas. So right now there are three levels of diplomas for high school kids. If you take what they call AP courses, college grade courses, you get one diploma. If you take special courses like in New York, they call them regents, you get another. And then in the third tier is a general diploma. They want to wipe that out because it's not fair to the minority kids who can't take the college courses because their grades are not good enough. There's some truth to the fact that if you have bad parents and you're poor, you're not going to be as well off academically as the rich kid with good parents. But he knows that. So now in Virginia, he said, look, we're not going to do the merit thing anymore because it's not fair to the poor kids. We're going to wipe it all out, be one diploma. But what the real goal is, is no grades. You're going to see that soon. So the progressive left to say it's not fair to give actual grades. It should all be pass fail. Because the poor kids with the bad parents, they can't get as good grades as the rich kids with the good parents. So we don't have grades. Wipe them all out. That's coming. All right. So no meritocracy anymore, pass fail. And then the colleges, they're going to try to wipe out the SATs and all that. They'd have to take, I don't know what the admissions policy would be. I don't know what, but the progressives will come up with something. So policing, and by the way, attacks on police officers are up 90% in, since the Floyd case. So the respect for police and the inhibit the inhibitions of attacking police officers breaking down. Just so you know that, that's in play as well. Um, summing up, these progressives are smart. They're shrewd. They have control of the media. The media is not going to report any of this. They don't say what they really want. It's all incremental, stair step. They have a guy in a White House who doesn't know what he's doing. All right. He'll do whatever they want him to do. No pushback at all. And um, I have a soundbite. I'm going to play this soundbite. Tee this Saki soundbite up. This soundbite was shocking. So uh, was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. 16-year-old girl named Makia Bryant in Columbus, Ohio, you got to feel sorry for this, for this girl. She's in foster care in Franklin County. Foster care. Imagine not having parents. So she's an angry girl, Makia Bryant. 
Somebody calls 911 and the police arrive because Makia had a knife. All right, this is on tape. And um, she was in the process of trying to stab a couple of other girls. So the police officer, Nicholas Reardon, gets out of the car with his firearm. All right, there's a thing. You can see the knife. All right, and there's another girl in pink behind her. Now, this knife might go into this girl's heart at any time. So the officer, Nicholas Reardon, says, drop the knife. She doesn't, and she's in a thrust position. You can see. Put that up again. You can see the picture, all right? Knife's in her hand. She's in a thrust position. Less than a second, that knife can be in the girl behind her's chest. So the officer shoots Makia Bryant, okay? Now, what would you do? There are two mandates to use deadly force. Number one, if the police officer's life is in danger or a civilian's life is in danger. Those are the mandates. What would you do? Not shoot the girl who's got the knife ready to plunge into the other girl? What if that happened? What if he didn't shoot her and the other girl is dead? I mean, come on. So... Ridden shoots Makia and kills him, Brian, Makia Bryant. Immediately, the White House gets involved with Saki. Go. Uh, the killing of 16-year-old Makayla Bryant by the Columbus police is tragic. She was a child. We're thinking of her friends and family and the communities that are hurting and grieving her loss. We know that police violence disproportionately impacts uh, black and Latino people in communities and that black women and girls, like black men and boys, experience higher rates of police violence. It's disgraceful. Instead of saying, I'm not going to comment until we know the full extent of the story, all right, and I'm not going to acquit the officer. I'm not doing that here. I'm going to wait and see what all the facts say. I'm saying I'm to you, if you're in that situation that we just saw, what do you do? Okay, so the president's spokeswoman says, oh, we're, no mention of the trauma on the officer or the other girl whose life was in danger. No mention of those two individuals. Just, well, she was a child. And we know that there's just violence against African-Americans. We know. It's just a disgrace. There's no attempt at being fair or putting anything into perspective or due process or anything. This is the White House. This isn't Maxine Waters. This is a president who got 80 million votes. It's just shocking. So then LeBron James gets involved. I have no animus toward LeBron James. I don't know him. He is a tremendous athlete. But there's something wrong here. So as soon as the story breaks, James tweets a photo of the police officer and says, you're next, threatening the police officer and referencing Derek Chauvin. You're next. So James in Los Angeles convicts 
the police officer in Columbus, Ohio, without knowing anything. What's wrong with the man? What is wrong with him? So he has to take it down. His agents, I'm sure, said, hey, LeBron, you can't do this. So they whipped it down. But it's over. It's over. No one, no clear thinking, fair minded person can respect LeBron James any longer. It's just like Colin Kaepernick. It wasn't the kneeling that destroyed Kaepernick's image. It was the socks with the police depicted as pigs. That's what did it. When people saw that, they go, no, no. This James, done. Done. Now, he can play to his crew, the hate America crew, the hate cop crew. He can play to them. But fair-minded Americans? No. Everything is expensive these days. You know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. NPR. So NPR has no interest in reporting anything accurately, and it right away, as much of the media did, starts to condemn the cop. But it puts up a disclaimer, put it up on the screen. This is a developing story. Some facts reported by the media may later turn out to be wrong. We will focus on reports from police officials and other authorities, credible news outlets, and reporters who are at the scene will update you as the situation develops. NPR. Well, wait a minute. You don't report anything unless you know it's true, especially in an explosive situation like this. You say to your audience, NPR, National Public Radio, we don't know. There's a 16-year-old who was shot by a police officer. We don't know why or what led up to it. Not, well, we're going to tell you whatever we hear, but it could be wrong. Awful. That's state of the media. Okay, let's shift gear. Here is a story no one has told you. Patrice Cullors, put her picture up there, please. One of the three founders of Black Lives Matter Global Foundation, a Marxist, self-admitted, recently bought $1,400,000 worth of property with no visible income. She teaches at a very small college. Nobody knows where she comes up with a million four, but okay. So in March, in March, 
California officials, all right, notified Patrice Cullors that they are warning her, her organizations, in addition to Black Lives Matter Global Foundation, she heads up Dignity and Power Now, nonprofit groups, all right? Those groups, Dignity and Power Now, those two groups, have not filed financial disclosures. Oh, and California, the state of California says, you have to file. This happened in March. This is out of the California Attorney General's office. They notified Colors. Third warning. Tell us where the money is. How much money? Well, about $2.1 million. <laughs> I mean, you know, these are pretty big numbers. So, Colors, and again, she's in charge, basically ignored two warnings from the state of California, and now she has a third. This is the same woman, as I mentioned, who bought all the property. Now, when she was asked about the property, she said this. The whole point of these articles and these recent attacks against me are to discredit me, but also to discredit the movement. And we have to stay focused. We have to stay focused on white supremacy. I am not a white supremacist. Um, I am not a tech billionaire. I am not the Catholic Church um, acquiring um, land everywhere. I am a single black woman who is supporting my family and supporting my community. And making a ton of dough. That's what she's doing. Okay, Earth Day. Uh, I like Earth Day because I like the planet and I appreciate the planet. And I've been to 82 countries and I've been all around the world and I've seen the best of it and the worst of it. And I am a diver as many of you know, and the oceans are very, very important to me. Earth Day is good. Pollution is bad. If we can get electric cars in this country, we should. But right now, uh, Elon Musk and Tesla, those cars are too expensive for working people. You got to bring it down. Once you bring it down and electric cars are easy to obtain, then I would recommend that everybody switch and I would tax the gas cars far more than the electric cars. I would do that so you know, okay? Because the less pollution, the better. All right, Earth Day. If I see somebody littering, I confront that person. And I did that, as I told you yesterday, the other day. You throw garbage out on the street, you do that, and I see it, I'm going to say something to you. Okay, so... The Green New Deal, that's a political thing. That's not an environmental thing. The socialists and the far-left progressives use the Green New Deal to take tax money away from workers and put it into anything they want. Doesn't have to do with the environment. In fact, very little of it goes to the environment. Wind, solar, okay, not viable yet. So Biden shuts down the XL pipeline without any alternative and gas prices go up a buck a gallon. Got a shock? It is to Joe because Joe doesn't put gas in his car. Joe doesn't know anything. Okay? You don't wipe out fossil fuels until you have a replacement. Is this a genius thing? Okay. So Biden is on the phone with Xi in China, the worst pollution country in the world. China and India are the worst. 
All right. And their excuse is, well, we have so many people, we have to pollute to make money to feed the people. Um, okay. But she is on the call and all the in-developed nations, okay, we're going to do everything. We're going to fight global warming. Bah, bah, bah. Good. Good. Fight global warming. I'm on board with that. Right. We don't want environmental catastrophes. We don't want all the ice melting in the Arctic. That's not good. Is it happening because of all the carbon? I don't know. God knows. I'm not smart enough to know. What I am smart enough to know is the less pollution, the better. But I'm also smart enough to know I'm not going to be conned by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez spending trillions of dollars on so-called environmental stuff when very little of it goes to the environment. Earth Day. Celebrate. Be clean. Recycle. No plastics in the water. No garbage on the street. Americans are abandoning church. Oh, you knew this, but I'll give you the grisly facts. Gallup poll, 6,000 adults findings in 1998 and 2000, put it on the screen. Only 8% of Americans had no identification with religion. 8%. 20 years later, 21%. Don't have any religion at all. Don't care about religion. They are secularists, atheists, agnostics. Millennials, born 1981 and after, okay? 31% have no religious affiliation. So you can see where this country's headed. And the downside, if you're a secular person, you still can be a good person, okay? You still can. You, you can be better than most religious people. But many secularists, many non-believers, they have the religion of themselves, all about me. It's good for me, that's what I want. Other people, Judeo-Christian philosophy, not religion, philosophy is your neighbor. It's important as you. All right, so we're heading for secularism here. Oscar disaster, Academy Awards are Sunday, I will not watch a second of it. Best Picture nominees, The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, that'll probably win. Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, Trial of Chicago 7. I haven't seen any of them, nobody's seen any of them. 1991, 30 years ago, Best Picture nominees, 91, all right, Ghost, The Godfather Part 3, Goodfellas, Dances with Wolves and Awakening. Okay, and wasn't there misery in there? Yeah, I think misery was up for something. But anyway, look, all of those movies, except for Awakenings, are classics. And Dances with Wolves won. That's Kevin Costner. 43 million, 43 million viewers watched the Oscar telecast in 1991. Less than 10 million watched. They can't even get a host. Billy Crystal hosted back then. There's Billy. He was the host. They can't even get a host. They can't even do it. All right. Um, it's a disaster. Why? Cancel culture, far-left politics have crippled Hollywood, film industry, crippled it. This day in history, April 22nd, 1945, Adolf Hitler met with his council in Berlin, and the general said, we don't have any more soldiers. We can't stop the Russians from marching in here. And Basically, Hitler knew the war was lost 76 years ago today. Eight days later, he committed suicide with his wife, Eva Braun. Hitler was 56 years old. You want the best 
and I mean the best, assessment of the fall of the Nazis, Killing Patton, my book, Killing Patton. All right. You will not get a better view of what happened. We're going to take a quick break, uh, get some lively mail and a final thought. We'll be right back. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. All right, let's get to the mail. Uh, concierge member Nurit writes to me, O'Reilly, I don't agree with your statement that Joe Biden is the most leftist president ever. He really is an imbecile and is told what to say and how to behave. He's not in charge of his faculties and for sure not in charge of this wonderful country. Well, Nareed, I mean, maybe that's true, but I don't think that you've examined him medically yet. By his pronouncements and his deeds, he is by far the most leftist president in history. and That is the fact. Margaret Schenck. Cleveland, Tennessee. Bill, I'm not a racist and have historically looked only at a person's character. However, recent events have made me more suspicious and threatened by black people. Don't succumb to that temptation. That's all I can say. Most black Americans are good folks, honorable people. Don't succumb to that. Mark Turley, Fresno, California. Like you, Bill, I am upset with Joe Biden and his comments about America being systemically racist. It will and should go down as a sad and tragic day for America. It would go down if the media actually reported it, but, but they're protecting Biden, as everybody knows. Jessica Cruz, Miami, Florida. Bill, I'm a new member to the No Spin News family, but I've watched you for a long time on FNC. Needless to say, I agree with most of your views, but above all, I appreciate your integrity. However, I was taken aback by a comment you made yesterday when talking about the opportunity citizens of this country have. You mentioned that Hispanics and blacks have a harder time succeeding, but with that statement, aren't you victimizing those groups? Jessica, that's an excellent question, excellent letter. I'm not victimizing. I'm telling you the reality of life in America today, okay? There are bigots in all races all races, okay? And if you have a skin color that's darker, if you're non-Caucasian, it's harder in some places, in some situations to succeed. That's the truth. However, it isn't impossible as you prove, Jessica, all right? You can have a great life in this country. You just have to be a little more, you have to persevere a little bit more. Laura Bruni, Portland, Oregon. I'm a subscriber and longtime listener. What is your source on 20% of Americans racist? My life. I've been every state, every major city. I lived in Portland. Uh, as you may know, I anchored the news on Channel 2 there. All right. From what I have seen, about one out of five Americans is racist. Donna and Tony Began, Wappages Falls, New York, my husband and I. I've followed you for many years on The Factor and been premium members since the beginning of your podcast. 
There is something we do not understand. Why does corporate America support a socialist agenda? If it were to come to fruition, wouldn't it harm them? It's all about the personalities, the people that run the corporations, not the board of directors so much. The CEOs, they want to be invited to the parties. They, they do want to be in this crew. They want to be lionized by the media. They want CNBC to say good things about them. That's what it's about. Kurt Hutchison, Lewiston, Michigan. Bill, in your message, you stated the press is protecting far-left people. I could argue the press is not just protecting them, they're glorifying them. I wouldn't argue with that, Kurt. Marilyn, concierge member, very good information, great flow tonight on the No Spin News. Thank you for all you do and always keeping a level mind. Many of us don't always see the full truth, especially with what's going on around us today, but we know we can come to you, Bill, for clarity. May God keep you well and in his grace. Very, very nice. Thank you very, very much, Marilyn, for that. Thank you. Okay, so uh, if you order Killing the Mob on BillOReilly.com, we ship the book to you beginning Sunday. You get it before anybody else. The book comes out on May 4th. If you pre-order it from us, you get 50% off Killing Crazy Horse, which is now approaching 600000 in sales. Enormous. All right? So there is an excerpt on BillOReilly.com of Killing the Mob. It's free. You can read it. And Mother and Father's Day coming up. Give mom or dad, granddad, grandma, premium or concierge membership. You get the mob or any of my books free. This is a great deal. And they'll thank you. Word of the day, no, do not be, do not be vainglorious when writing to us. Vainglorious, great word. Right back with the final thought. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, final thought. Yesterday was Wounded Heroes Day. I neglected to mention it. Um, But obviously, not just military, but police who have been killed and wounded in the line of duty protecting us deserve to be recognized. And our uh, military charity, the independencefund.org, participated in Wounded Heroes Day. Uh, If you have some charitable money to give, Independence Fund, one word, independencefund.org, buys those high-check track chairs for the severely wounded vets and police. We have police in there now. All right. So you might want to check that out. Wounded Heroes Day. And as always, I really appreciate your loyalty that you watch us. If there's something we do you don't like, we want to hear from you, of course. We'll see you again soon.